Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, it's Christmas Eve, everybody. And we couldn't do a show on Christmas Eve without talking about a couple of plants that have seemed to make or have made an appearance when celebrating the Christmas season. So let's jump right into it. What plant are we discussing first? The first one we're going to talk about is the princess pine, or it's also known as tree club moss. I've always known it as princess pine. Yeah, and when you mentioned it, I had known it as tree club moss, or something similar. I think there's a lot of different words that you could throw in there, but tree club moss, and I don't know, throw out a description. So you're walking through the woods, and they typically end up on the northern parts of hills, at least from what I've seen. I always thought they were just little Christmas trees, just about ready to take off. I was always excited to see them. But, um, you know, once upon a time I learned what they really were. And uh, what's your experience with them? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I've always known people to use them for decorating or whatever around Christmas time. And upon first glance, they actually do look like a pine tree sapling. But they're not a tree, and actually they're not a moss either, so it's super confusing. They're actually more closely related to horsetails and ferns. And they're native to the eastern United States and southeastern Canada. I'm not sure if everybody knows what a horsetail even looks like. And um, I saw them about two years ago up towards Susquehanna, and it's probably the first time I'd ever seen them. They're really unique looking plants. Uh, actually look like asparagus and these ones were probably two feet tall thin stocky um, but so there's that species that is similar to and also a lot of people know what ferns look like but that's the family that the princess pine or tree club moss is in so the princess pine grows in understory deciduous and coniferous forest um, kind of like what we were talking about before and it produces two different types of above-ground structures. They're green scale-like leaves, each with a single unbranched vein, and yellow to tan structures that look like clubs. And these club-like structures contain the plant's reproductive spores, so that's how they're kind of similar to ferns. And although these above-ground parts of the princess pine are rarely more than six inches tall, the majority of the plant is actually underground in the form of a subterranean rhizome, which it makes sense because when I did see this plant back in my childhood, when you tug on it, you kind of get that root structure and it kind of falls along to the next plant structure. The princess pine is exposed to only a small amounts of sun's energy during its growing season, and it gets most exposure during the fall when the trees in the forest canopy have lost their leaves and again in the spring before the trees begin to grow leaves again. You'll often see this plant used as Christmas decorations, hence why we decided to talk about it today. And in the late 50s and early 60s, people picked princess pine and sold it by the pound for approximately four to eight cents a pound. Doesn't sound like a lot now, but I guess back then it was pretty significant. Yeah, beats um, buying a string of lights, I guess. Yeah, and I guess 
An important thing to remember is if you plan to harvest princess pine for use as decorations, cut the pine off at ground level and leave the running vertical stem in place. Don't remove all of the small pine from the stem. The stem will actually send up new pine shoots for the next growing season. Because of their extremely slow growth and delicate lifestyle, princess pine may even be difficult to find in some areas. So we haven't done any fun facts in a while, so I'm going to throw in a couple of those I found about princess pine as well. So the spores that grow on the tip of the plant are oily and water repellent. So historically, they were used to prevent chafing on skin. And in early photography, the spores were used for flash powder because when they're dried, they become flammable and they explode in a brilliant flash of light. So that's kind of cool. I actually think that some science experiments still use that today. That is a cool one. I'm going to have to try that one at home. All right, well, so the other plant that we want to talk about today is winterberry. And you ever notice just how many Christmas songs have something to do with holly? Yeah, I guess there are a few that do. Well, you know, chances are the holly that's being sung about in those songs is the evergreen variety of holly, which isn't native to the area, and that's Ilex aquifolium. But we do have a native holly that we want to talk about today. Uh, winterberry and uh, it's it's probably caught your attention driving around the countryside um, or even maybe just walking through the woods and that's because of the bright red berries that stand out in the late fall season when the snow falls these berries provide a picturesque landscape that you know artists probably dream about so let's dive into this particular species and we'll end it with maybe learning how you can obtain some of the species for your own property. Winterberry is a deciduous tree that may grow 10 to 15 feet tall, but it often occurs in the wild as a shrub. So the leaves are alternate with a sharply toothed margin and hairy underside. The bark is thin, smooth, and gray-brown. And in spring, stalked yellow-green flowers mature in clusters. The female specimens produce red-orange droops that mature in the fall. Winterberry holly prefers full sun to part shade and mesic to wet soils. It's a great plant for lakes, ponds, or marsh edges, and it also grows in swamps and at the edge of upland forest where the water table approaches the surface. In the home landscape, it can be maintained in mesic loamy soils as well as wetter sites. Yeah, it's good to stop right there and just say that, you know, if you do have a, a wetter spot in your yard or on the edge of your yard, this plant is really good for that area. So let's talk about the flowers and berries for a minute. And uh, winterberry is a dioecious plant, which means that there are separate male and female plants. And it's crucial that there be at least one male winterberry plant in the area to allow for cross-pollination. And generally, a single male shrub can pollinate six to ten female shrubs. So the plant produces a fairly plain greenish-white flower. It's kind of what you are talking about earlier. And that appears in the spring. And um, if pollinated correctly, it produces a dense crop of quarter-inch diameter bright red berries in the late summer and fall. So let's talk about the landscape uses a little bit. It's actually one of the rare deciduous shrubs that provide good year-round interest in the garden. 
Um, it's normally planted in masses or groups for shrub borders, or people use it as foundation shrubs in native woodland gardens or even in bird gardens. It's notable for being attractive to a variety of birds and other wildlife. So if you enjoy watching birds, this would be a good species to plant right outside your window. Yeah, I think I saw um, some species like bluebird and cedar waxwing really enjoy those berries. So uh, like you said, you know, if you're a birder or you're interested in birds, it's a great species. And USDA actually mentions that the bright red fruit of the winter berries enjoyed by more than 48 different species of birds. So you can get some pretty good variety there. Small yeah. mammals also enjoy it. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, if you're looking for some spectacular color to contrast your evergreen Christmas decorations this year or next, the berries of this plant just might be the ticket. And we also want to mention uh, that the winterberry is going to be available for annual seedling sale uh, this coming spring. So the seedling sale is happening uh, in April of 2021. And uh, we'll have the exact date, and it'll be on the website soon. Uh, so be looking for that. But if you're interested in this species, we are going to be selling it this year. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.sus condistrict.org and find our conservation corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. And I'm Don Hibbard saying Merry Christmas and enjoy the outdoors.